G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is entitled Into Freedom, the Ten Commandments, and it focuses on Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 20, which says, And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in it. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbour, you shall not covet your neighbour's house, you shall not covet your neighbour's wife, or his manservant, or maidservant, or his donkey, or ox, or anything that belongs to your neighbour. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled in fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, a couple of years ago, I decided to test my mettle and read The God Delusion by famous atheist Richard Dawkins. It's a roaring roast of religion, describing God as a vindictive, bloodthirsty, ethnic cleanser, a misogynistic, pestilential, megalomaniacal, sadomasochistic, capriciously malevolent bully. It's a humbling read, and Richard uses a lot of other words that I can't really pronounce. What's strange about the book, though, is that just as Dawkins has you on the ropes, ready to throw off religious rules completely, he gives you his own rules, and they're from an atheist website. Stuff like, do not overlook evil or shrink from administering justice, but always be ready to forgive wrongdoing. Then he says, live life with a sense of wonder and joy. Question everything is the Tenth Commandment. It's cute but it's weak. Here I was, ready to be an atheist, and the best on offer was learn something new and question everything. Many have tried to best the Ten Commandments given in Exodus 20, but all of them have fallen short of the perfect ten. So today, as we wrap up our Exodus series, we're going to look at how grace always comes before the law, God always sets us free to serve, and the Holy Spirit is always here to help us.
As we heard in Mike's sermon about the crossing of the Red Sea last week, grace always comes first. If God was a bully, he'd enforce rules and then dangle freedom before us. And yet, as we've seen in Exodus, God liberates the Hebrews first, totally with, totally by grace. He then leads them to the mountain where he promised Moses he would bring the people back in Exodus 3. God has graciously saved his people, and now he shows them how to live free. The Ten Commandments aren't a tick box exercise to get you into God's good books. They're another good gift from a good God. The Hebrews only know slavery. God set them free so that they can live free. And this is why verse 1 begins, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. We can trust this God because he has our best interests at heart. This is why the first three commandments all laugh in the face of Egypt. In Egypt, Pharaoh demanded worship and enslaved people. Here we see that nothing deserves our worship except the God who truly cares for us. Next, the Lord says, You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. Egypt was run by idols. But here we see the God of the universe isn't a statue. He's a person who meets us, hears us, loves us. And because God is a person, his name is precious. Verse 7 says, You should not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. God wants a relationship with us, and so he gives us his name. As Christians, we know God's name, and it's Jesus. His name isn't a swear word, and every time we claim Jesus' name, then act out of step with his character, we bring him down. The God who frees us calls us to live in light of his grace, lifting up his name before others. And this is where the fourth commandment is so extraordinary. Verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. In Egypt, the slaves worked every day till they died. The rich didn't work at all. Here God gives us a beautiful balance, working six days and resting one. As our culture forgets its Judeo-Christian roots, we're increasingly glorifying busyness and laziness at the same time. For some, being busy is a sign that you're a good person. For others, dodging work is the go. Here God is showing us that work and rest both help us thrive. Does your life have balance? One of the things that stunned me about this series is how slavery isn't a status, it's a state of mind. You can be totally free on paper and yet enslaved to someone or something in your mind. This is why the next four commandments are awesome. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your Lord, the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Here we see that serving others, particularly our parents, those who care for us, is true freedom. Respecting life is vital for a free and safe society. Faithfulness in marriage and honoring relationships of others honors our God who is faithful to us. Respecting the property of others and being content in what we already have is liberating. Speaking the truth and being a person of your word creates a world where trust is built and people know where they stand. 
What a wonderful world it would be if everyone kept the Ten Commandments. We could leave our doors unlocked. We could lend our stuff to whoever needed it. We could defund the police. And no one would be poor or unloved. In A Doubter's Guide to the Ten Commandments by John Dixon, he notes that by phrasing these commandments in the negative, thou shalt not, makes everything positive. By saying no to a few things, God says yes to everything else. When we keep these commandments and say no to the things that hurt us, the possibilities for the good life are endless. And this brings us to the tenth commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant, or maidservant, his donkey, or his ox, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. For me, this is the hardest commandment. God isn't trying to control our thoughts. Instead, God doesn't want us to be consumed by lust for things others have. Are you jealous of someone else's car, house, looks, or lifestyle? Are you enslaved by envy over what others have? I am sometimes. And this is why Jesus matters for our lives, friends. These commandments are worth aiming for, but they're impossible for us to keep. God knows this. This is why Jesus fulfills the commandments for us. Jesus was tempted in every way we are, and yet he never sinned. Jesus kept God's laws perfectly in his, his life, and he dies for us in our inf- imperfection. His right standing before God is passed on to us. What's more, he sends the Holy Spirit to help us live for God. Romans 2 tells us that God has sent his Holy Spirit to write the law on our hearts. When we ask the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts, he becomes our helper. Not just working as a Jiminy Cricket conscience, telling us not to do bad things, but rather drawing us deeper into the heart of God so that we have no time for sin, because we're too in love with Jesus and too busy serving others. Friends, as we seek to be a people knowing Christ and making Christ known, let's be a people who keep these commandments. Not because we want to be free, but because God has already set us free. Let's see the good life is found in serving God and others. Let's stand in awe of the mission God is calling us to and ask the Holy Spirit to deepen our love for the Lord, drawing us out from the world to be more like Jesus every single day.